0: you guys here we go once again welcome to another episode of the ball never lie podcast we are now on episode 10 man so just shout out to y'all man just want to thank y'all appreciate you guys for for rocking with us for being with us man if y'all don't know by now one half of your host i'm the coach here luke foe we
1: here what up
0: man so let's let's dive right into things man so as soon as we got off the podcast like the next day later we got here with another bombshell Russ, the Brody, is now in D.C. John Wall is now he's now in Houston, man, with the Rockets. So let's dive right into it. Let's talk about it, man. Uh, who, who are your
1: winners and losers
0: of this trade?
1: Ah, uh, Man, honestly, when you sit back, I got Russ winning this trade because he's back with his old coach, Scott Brooks, who he thrived with. He's back, you know, with the ball in his hands. And it seems like he's happy. So I got triple-double Russ back, man. I think a lot of people kind of have that same thought. But, man, we're going to see Russ back in, you know, action. He's – I will say he's returned. He was doing good before the bubble, but people don't want to give him that credit. So he'll have this full season to really come back to Brody. And then for the Rockets, if you look at it, man, they're kind of built for life after James Harden if John Wall's healthy. John Wall's no slouch. He was top three in the East before he was hurt, and I really mean that. He was a top three player, and when you really look at it, their team is kind of built for life after James Harden. If you trade Harden and and get a couple pieces around John Wall and a healthy boogie if he's healthy and Christian Wood, it it could work, man. They still have Eric Gordon over there. It it could work, so they're both winners in the trade, but I'm more happy for Russell Westbrook.
0: I'm for sure happy for for the Brody. He did not end up in Cleveland. He did not end up in Charlotte. He ended up in a respectable place where he's now teamed back up with with the coach he started with and stop Scott Brooks, like you mentioned. He got a running mate in Bradley Bill who's clearly in his prime, so it's not like he's going over there to a roster like he was back in OKC. But at the same time, he does have what he wants. He's back in control as far as the ball control goes. And he got some nice weapons around him. He got Rui Hachimura, who had a, a solid rookie season who I think is going to make a nice jump into his second season. Um, you got Davis Thomas, another shooter out there to spread the floor also a Troy Brown. So you got nice pieces to fit around him. I think, I think we, we going to see triple, triple, double Russ back in effect, especially with Scott Brooks, who is going to hold Russ accountable. And, and like you said, it seems like everything is going to mesh well over there in Washington. As far as Houston goes again, like you said, you, John, John Wall, hopefully we all hope he comes back and we see the, the same form of John Wall that, that we all got. And and you hit the nail on the head when you said that if even if Harden is traded away, Houston is in a nice predicament where, okay, you're not going to be as good as where you are right now with the roster constructed, but you're not going to be in full rebuild mode where you're still going to be fighting for a playoff spot in the West. So that's also a good a good thing as well for for both teams. But like you said, Brody and
1: DC, I I, I like that backcourt tandem. Yeah, it, it's gonna be fun to watch. And I don't know, man. I was thinking about it since we were hearing trade rumors for the last two years. I know they say they're building around Bradley Bill, but even if you trade Bradley Bill and just have Russ back on his, you know, one man show. You can get some pieces for Bradley Bill too. I don't think that'll happen, but if there's some type of dynamic, man, that that could be big. Just seeing Russ by himself again, or Russ leading the charge instead of you know playing one a one b with somebody, it it could it could be a storyline too. So we'll watch out for that.
0: Yeah, we definitely gotta keep the the Brad Bill sweepstakes in mind also going forward because a lot a lot of teams want them. So we'll definitely. Watch out for that one. And then, again, just to touch back on Houston, man, I I do like the pieces that that they acquire. Hopefully we see Boogie bounce back and hopefully he can play a healthy season. And, again, you got Eric Gordon who can fill fill it up. But as of right now, the way that Houston and John Wall works for me, James Harden got to give up the ball. He has to be able to relinquish some type of the ball control to John Wall in order for him to get off because the way we've seen Russ succeed in Houston – he had to go get the ball off the rebound and go get his own. James Harden don't want to give up that damn ball. He just want to dribble about 250 times before anybody else touches it.
1: Yeah. I don't know, man. It Like, it's hard to say that John Wall's, like, way better than Russ. But in certain senses, John Wall might fit better with Harden, but who does fit, like, well with Harden? We've talked about that, too. I don't think anyone fits well with Harden unless you're just some spot-up shooter. So it's going to be hard to see. It's it's kind of unpredictable. You can't really say, oh, yeah, they're going to be way better now that Russ is gone, or they're going to be way worse. It's kind of the same thing, except uh, John Wall does something maybe a little bit better than Russ, but Russ is more aggressive, and Russ has more heart and plays with more intensity. So it's kind of like... You know, it's kind of like a 50-50. The trade works for both parties. Like we said, it was a lateral it's lateral movement, but I it depends what Harden does, if he stays or he doesn't. And it looks like he's trying his best not to stay. So I don't know. You know
0: I've never seen somebody try so hard to get their way out of out of town. Besides, yeah. I think the most the, the only one I can compare this to is Eric Bledsoe when he said he was in the hair salon. That's the only thing I can think of as far as somebody trying to make their way out of town. Because this this this, this shit makes no sense. I mean now what
1: what about Kobe? 05? He went on the radio. Like, I mean, you know, now that's the difference because Kobe was still showing up to practices and stuff. And
0: and I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna say why this is a difference too. Kobe was put in a position where he was not given what he was wanted. James Harden has been catered to. He, they have been serving him on foot and hand of giving him everything he's wanted from the coaching. Dan Tony, they got rid of Dwight Howard. They brought in Russell Westbrook. They brought in Chris Paul. I, I, I don't get the narrative of where everybody just wants to see James Harden out of Houston because he asked for it, and it's not like they they haven't done everything that he's wanted. He he's gotten the money that he's wanted. So for him to act out this way, to 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 be running around in a pandemic at this. The running around careless as he is with no mask on. I don't care that he's throwing money out at the strip club. Hey, do you? You got it, man. Hey, give back to the community. That's how I look at it. You know, I mean, you out there with, with a little baby. Hey, have fun. But the it's the professionalism for me, also as well. Like you you got a new coach at hand, and this sucks for Steven Silas because we all want to see him succeed. And we know that he wasn't going to succeed or have the chance to succeed at the level he wants to without a James Harden. So now you're hindering him putting him in a bad situation to where he got to answer questions and he don't know where this man has been. He ain't been in contact with James Harden. Let's
1: be real. Yeah, man. And you know, it's crazy. We got some breaking news. So James Harden has arrived in Houston and tested in accordance to NBA's protocol. So I don't know it, We've heard that he doesn't want to be there, so maybe he, you know, came to practice so they could work out this deal because earlier this morning we heard about the Philly trade and how he's opened his horizons other than Brooklyn. He's okay with Philly or any other contender. So, I mean, him showing up today just right now is a big difference from what we've been hearing for the last week. And, you know, to even uh, dive deeper in it, I want to ask you a question. Do you believe, because in my mind, I think this turns out bad for the players and not just James Harden, because now it's showing, like, I have all the power. And we already know how owners are and how we even got here. Like, LeBron had to really be a trailblazer for this to even have players get power. But James Harden, if we're being honest, is abusing his power. And he doesn't have the leverage to abuse it. So how do you feel about that?
0: Exactly that right there. And that's why I brought up all that Houston has given him everything he has wanted. And this is when you we got to look James Harden in the face and say, why haven't you delivered as far as putting them over the hump? I I, I just truly don't. I don't get this shit. He's acting out. Like you said, man, he, he's living his best rendition of the last dance of just partying out in Vegas. And, and again, he is abusing his power now. He had to show up to camp because unlike the NFL, if you hold out in the NBA, your contract doesn't start until you show back up to court. I mean, you show back up on the court. So he needed to go to camp eventually. Now, him acting out this way, it may get him out of there, but also it can it can also lower the trade value that Houston is looking for, because teams are pretty much just going to offer penny on the dollar, knowing that James Harden is going to want out. And Houston, it's forcing Houston's hand to deal him. But at the same time, I, I say they just got to stand strong and hold pack until you get the best package available of trading him. Because clearly this situation isn't going to work out. He don't want to be there. Why why force him to, to stay if he doesn't want to be there? But, hey, that's just me. How, how you feel about it, man? Because, again, I think you are right about him abusing his power as, as an NBA
1: franchise player? I feel like this, man. We didn't really see the rush trade happening, so I'm not going to be naive, man. I think a hardened trade might be on the horizon. And like you said, he's kind of forcing the Rockets' hand. And honestly, I think they'll panic. They have to because if he's able to – like like we said, he's able to do whatever he wants, be at strip clubs the day before he's supposed to show up to an individual workout – and he doesn't even show up to Houston. Like if he's literally just doing what he wants around the world, man, you got you got to get pieces for him. And I know it's going to hinder his value. A lot of teams are going to be saying he's not focused or he doesn't take the game serious enough, but if I'm if I'm Houston, I'm getting everything I can for him, but I'm also not going to overprice him. So like I said, Houston is kind of built for life after James Harden. So if you get legit pieces for him, And, uh, you know, a couple future pieces, you're in a good spot, honestly. Like, Houston really hasn't been a free agency destination until Harden came. But you got to, I mean, you have to at some point rebuild or refocus your energy. So, I I would trade him. And I'd trade him, you know, before the season starts, honestly. I wouldn't wait to the trade deadline where we're forcing deals or we're trying to put little small pieces together at the last second. Like, trade him now while you guys have a clear head. You clearly see where he stands. He doesn't want to be there. But like I said, they got the power, so they don't have to trade him to a contender. Just trade him. He has two more years on his contract. Some teams don't have to bite for that, honestly.
0: Thank you. You don't have to trade him to where he wants to go. Just because he says he wants Philly or Brooklyn doesn't mean you have to trade him to Philly or Brooklyn. So don't do that again scan the leaks do your do your research look and see what you can get back as far as assets draft picks players and and then you make the right decision from there so hopefully they they'll do that and and they'll make it happen and it was funny how you brought up who who does complement their their game next to James Harden I think it would have to be a big that has to play next to James Harden and I say that because as much ball handling as James Harden does and the, the creating that he does also, it'll be nice. It will be really intriguing to see him next to a Joel Embiid as far as a one-two punch in the East goes. And then also just something I randomly just thought about, and I I don't know what made me think of this. What about Giannis and James Harden ever teaming up together and, 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 and complementing their games together?
1: I don't. I don't like that. I thought you were gonna say Jokic. I'd rather have a passing big man, but Giannis. I wouldn't say he's ball dominant too, but he. He's not. First of all, they don't even like each other. But he's not gonna sit around and just let James Harden dribble all day. I, I can't see that happen. Uh, I don't know. It it sounds like a cool matchup, but when you really break it down, Giannis isn't a spot up shooter. James Harden really isn't either, so it it doesn't work. It's the same thing as Russ and uh, Harden, honestly.
0: But that's the thing. I would say Giannis would have to change his game because we've seen him just dribble on the perimeter. It's literally just a fullback dive every time to the basket. Mm -hmm. He has to be able to switch his game up, or again, probably goes back to coaching. Coach Bud has to put him in better situations also just so to mix up his game instead of just giving the ball to Giannis and saying, hey, go get it, because – I just don't see that in his game at all that that shit is out now. Like I think Miami exposed it for, for what it was. And as we see as the game slows down, he's not going to be able to continue to get to the basket at will, with just an in and out crossover. So that's why I said maybe his game might come if, if Giannis is willing to give up that ball control, which I think he should in order for him to maybe to, to be better and also, to, to win. But then again, it all depends who you pair with them. It's just an, an idea to spit out, a, out there, but I you think, think the, the nuggets can
1: make a package for him.
0: I don't want to see Denver. I, I think Denver has a nice enough core where they're building a future where if you bring in James Harden, you fuck that up. And I say, mm-hmm. don't, don't do it. I like the Murray Jokic combination as, as it is. They, they both can relinquish. They don't mind of who takes over the game at, at some time. Their games fit each other well enough. Now, does that get them a championship or to the championship? We'll see what you put around them. We'll see how that goes. But, again, I like what Denver is building over there. I don't want to see them tear that down just to bring in one player.
1: Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. When you really start to think about it, it's small pickings for James Harden, too, to where he could go because, like you said, he's he's a top top five, top ten guy in the league. So – either the Rockies are going to want too much or James Harden kind of fucked somebody's future. So it's going to be hard. He probably only has a couple options, which is probably Philly, uh, Brooklyn. And after that, it's like, I I really don't know where he could go. Miami maybe, but like they'd have to give up probably four players. And I don't think they'll do that. I I really don't know what to expect with this James Harden thing. I was – I was talking to a friend, and I was saying, maybe the Spurs? Like, I could see them trading DeMar DeRozan and maybe two, three more pieces and a pick, and maybe get him over there to San Antonio and get him with a Hall of Fame coach. I I don't know. I just – the Spurs kind of been on my mind lately because they haven't really made a big move since LaMarcus. Oh, no, that was – okay, since DeMar. But it wasn't – that wasn't really, like, crazy. You know what I mean? The Spurs has always kind of been in the running. So, it's hard to see them down right now. So, I kind of could see a move like that. I don't, I don't know, though. You just think the Spurs have been too quiet lately? Yeah, I feel like it's weird because, like, if you look at the offseason, it was damn near, like, ten teams that were pretty quiet. The Spurs did re-sign players, but nobody kind of just went over there. I, I don't know. It was weird. Could you see maybe a Paul George trade with the Clippers?
0: <laughs> Yo, <Yes. laughs> Paul George at this point, anything's possible. It's him, if him getting traded. And then if we do here, he's gonna tell he's gonna say how he wanna be a spur for life. No matter where you go, that's where he's gonna he wants to be there for life. So and and since we're on Paul George and Clippers saga right now, man. <laughs> Let's let's uh-huh. just dive into that for a second. Just that that whole thing. Since since training camp is now started, you know we starting to hear a little bit more stories come out about Paul George feeling that his usage, the way he's being used, wasn't wasn't the right way. We hear that Kawhi had off season quad surgery, which which doesn't surprise me that he hadn't that he didn't say anything about it. I don't know why people were surprised about that, but for Paul George, man, hey. I feel like he he fits as a clipper just because the the way that he carries himself off the court and everything that he the words that he's matching and saying and that he's talking to to what we've seen. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like don't mess up something that you got good going for yourself, buddy. Like this is this is your last resort as far as you being the the player that you are in somebody's eyes as that all-star level franchise player because if he's traded from the clippers I think it's a wrap for him. His the the way we look at Paul George, I think
1: I think it's over from there. Yeah, man. I, just with these reports and the back and forth in the media, I'm gonna say this: nobody on that team knew what accountability meant. Like nobody's taking accountability. Doc Rivers kinda is, but he's still not either. But Paul George, we have to talk about this, man. First and foremost, basketball is different from any other sport. In basketball, yes, you can blame your coach. But at the end of the day, you can still take your opponent one-on-one. In baseball, strategy. Football, strategy, because it's play calling. But in basketball, you can literally call an ISO, do a pick and roll, and take your guy one-on-one. So to blame the coach is cool. We can see where the coach fucks up in subbing and all those type of things and timeouts. But if we're being honest, you can only blame the coach so much because he has – only so much of an effect on the game. Yes, there's play, there's there's play calling in basketball too, but like I said, basketball is the only sport where you can take your guy one. Maybe hockey, but nobody watches that, so I'm not gonna mention that. But basketball is where you can take them one on one. I was really thinking about this. A coach, like we we both coach, so we know we can put the perfect game plan together. But if that player doesn't execute, they don't execute. And that's what Paul George and Kawhi did. They both did not execute when it really mattered. Paul George and Kawhi also didn't play the defense that we know them for when it really mattered. So at the end of the day – I'm going
0: to say this right now. Jamal Murray straight cooked them boys, Kawhi and Paul George, through that whole – Come on, man. When they were down 3-1, Jamal Murray hit the light switch and never looked back. And it it was so funny to me. And, again, and this is where I look at the basketball gods because the Clippers – Talked so much shit throughout so much. the whole season before even a training camp has started, before they played any games, and proclaimed themselves as the best defensive team perimeter-wise that nobody could that nobody could score on them when it was time to that they can switch everything, and they did switch everything, got their ass busted, and this goes for for Patrick Beverly who called himself Mister Ninety Four Feet. And then he couldn't even guard Luca to begin the first round, got to the second round, couldn't do shit. Kawhi, again, Kawhi had so much of a burden on his plate that I, I and again, this is, goes back to me thinking how he fucked up by going to the Clippers where he had it made in Toronto. He He decided to carry that extra burden on his plate as far as being a leader where I don't think he was ready to be put in that leadership role. And again, for Doc, Doc is Doc can only take so much blame as a coach that he he's also being scapegoated in the same time. So I don't see him. I don't see why he would take all full responsibility either. And how many times have we seen a player? And we know if you're if you're that caliber of a player, you don't have to follow everything a coach says. Once you get that ball in your hand, it's yeah, this is the play. All right, whatever. Go say, give me this screen right. here. I'm gonna go do what I do best. And. And just to one up, you, one more thing that Paul George said, and this is the one of the rare times. Shout out to those analytic folks. They said this is the the most that Paul George has ran, pick and rolls, uh, usage rate throughout his whole entire career. So him saying he was coming off pin downs and curls like he was J.J. Uh, J.J. Redick and, and Ray Allen, stop the cap right now because we've seen you with the ball in your hands a lot with screens being set. You just didn't come through.
1: Exactly. And even to dive deeper, man, let's really break it down. So you blame your coach, right? Cool. But at the end of the day, let's talk about the players. Marcus Morris did not show up. Paul George couldn't hit open shots. Shammy couldn't score. He couldn't get the ball in the basket. Trez and Lou Will, let's really get to those two guys because I see everyone kind of trying to throw them under the fire and then just run. But let's say this, man. If they play too much, that means they had way more opportunities. So they're supposed to be the sixth man of the year, back-to-back run is blah, blah, blah. They get on the court and play more minutes they're, than they're supposed to and got cooked. So let's really be real about them. Maybe you guys hype them a little too much. Is that your fault or is that their fault? I think it's your fault because you can't hype a player and then when he shows you something different, you can't be like, ah, oh, nah, see, it's all his fault. Man, even if Zubak was in the game, and shout out to Zubak, not Hayden, but he's not a great – like, he's not great. He doesn't make a big difference. Cool, you take out Trez, you take out the physicality. You take out Trez, you take out the high energy. You take out Lou Will, you take out your scoring. So let's really be real. Paul George and Kawhi could not score. So, of course, Lou Will is going to be in the game. And if he can't score either – then you're blaming the players, not the coach. How is that the coach's fault? These guys cannot score. Kawhi cannot score in the fourth quarter. Are we really going to sit here and say that's Doc's fault? And then we're trying to hype up Ty Lu. Like you said, there's some caliber players where you can wave off your coach. Ty Lu is that coach where you wave him off because he don't really mean shit to the game. He's always <laughs> been an assistant. Like LeBron, and this is where we say LeBron gets dudes paid. LeBron got him paid. And people lost their mind and really started acting like Ty Lue was some magical coach that's just been hidden for years. No, he's been an assistant for years for a reason. He wasn't even a good point guard in the league. Like, let's not act like he's just this basketball god, basketball-minded dude. He's under Doc Rivers. He's been under Doc Rivers since 08 or 07. Salute to that. But that don't that don't mean he's just some top-tier coach. He had a, what, two, three-year run? And then that three-year run, he had – one of the best players to ever play the game. And it wasn't like he held LeBron accountable. Like with Phil Jackson, we've seen him hold Kobe, Shaq, Jordan, Scotty, all them accountable. But Luke, Yo, Will, I mean, Phil Ty
0: Lu. We've seen, Chip Phil Jackson chest ties pal in the middle of a game.
1: Like, come on, Ty Lou, What has he done? When LeBron left, they fired his ass in, what, 10 games or something like that? Like, come on, get out of here with that.
0: Got him, him out not, of here.
1: Like, come on, I, I really don't understand the hype around Ty Lue. And like Doc Rivers said, I know it was a joke and all, but shit, Ty Lue was sitting on the bench with him. And yeah, you can say, oh, well, the head coach <laughs> head coach has all the, uh, the say-so at the end of the day. Yeah, he does. But let's be real. Any great assistant coach is going to be on the head coach's ass. And he's going to go the extra mile to make sure his team wins. Ty Lue was just collecting a check, man. Let's be real. And he did his job. He knew Doc was probably going to be gone. We all kind of knew that. So for him to come back and be an assistant was smart, because then you oh, get yeah. to take over. For but sure, ain't, he ain't shit, and I'm not, I'm not even going to give him more than this year. He has this year to prove something. I don't care what nobody says. It's a new year, No, He's already been on the team. It's not like he has a whole new job. He was an associate coach. It's uh, it's right under a head coach, so he has the same damn team, damn near. You got rid of two or three guys, but you damn near have the same exact team. So let's run it back, right? That's what they always say. Run it back with Ty Show me this great coach. Show me the rotations. I'm going to focus so hard on his rotations because that's what Clipper fans kept uh, crying about. We didn't rotate right. We didn't uh, sub in at the right time. I cannot wait. Ty better be the best subbing coach after Frank Vogel. I swear to God, he better be
0: yeah, I'm going to one-up you another one, too. All great head coaches lean on their assistant coaches at some point. Like, we didn't hear, Frank, Wait, Go- what? Frank, Vogel. We didn't hear Frank Vogel was was just the, the main mastermind behind what was going on for the Lakers organization. And then even that, from, from past situations with Doc Rivers, we've all heard of their championship-winning teams. Who did he lean on a lot of? Tom Thibodeau as his defensive coordinator, pretty much. We've heard how Steve Curry has leaned on the Luke Walton's or the Alvin Gentry during the, his first championship runs. So for them, champ, for those assistant coaches, not to speak up and and take some type of accountability, what, what does that say for them going forward? They pretty much got the the same roster put together. You 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 fought you swap out swap out Landry Shannon for Luke Kennard, who's pretty much the same the same type of player. So I don't get that. You get Sergi Baca to replace. Montrez Harrell, okay, he can hit two more jump shots than Montrez Harrell can. And the defense honestly isn't that big of a difference knowing that Ibaka is now more focused on the offensive side and defense. But, hey, that's neither here nor there. So with the Clippers, comes down to accountability. And guess what? And for me, I'm going to say this now. I see the Clippers losing in the first round. Depending on the matchups going forward, I don't see the Clippers even making it to the second round. They can spare us the – us everything now of just falling short in the second round, just just do what you're supposed to do, man. Like I said, I think Kawhi is going to opt out at the end of this year. He's going to see he can't play with Paul George. So, and as a matter of fact, either they they ship Paul George out, or before Kawhi walks, or they're just su- they're just stuck with Paul George and they're just the Clippers of old. So, good luck to them. For all I care, they from sixty. Yeah,
1: I I got it like this: if they're not dominating by the trade deadline they're going to listen to Paul George trades. And I, I know for a fact they will. Win. Like, let's be real. Lawrence Frank and Jerry West and those guys over there, they're willers and dealers. They've made a lot of deals, too. Jerry West has had his hand in a lot of big moves and a lot of moves that didn't happen because he, you know, shut him down, i.e. the Clay Thompson and Kevin Love trade. So he's no dummy. We're not going to act like – this organization just doesn't know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They're just not as great as people make it seem. So in the end, if they're not a top two, top three team, and I say top three because, you know, the West is always going to be tight. So if they're not top two, top three, they're for sure going to listen to Paul George's trip, like you said, because Kawhi can walk. And Kawhi is way more unpredictable than Paul George. Paul George can do all this talking, which will make Clipper fans and and the management believe he'll stay. But Kawhi ain't going to do all the talking. Kawhi just going to walk, you know, handle his business and walk. And we have to respect him for that because he's not all in the media talking crazy. He's not saying they weren't better than us. He said it was just unacceptable. That's how you should leave it. We don't hear Lou Will in the media. It's always Paul George. It's fucking Marcus Morris, Patrick Beverly. Like, some guys, you just got to shut up sometimes. And Paul George talks like he's so great. We have not seen that yet. He's had one, if you want to call it, great moment with the Pacers where he took the heat to seven games. But that was a team effort. Yes, Paul George was the leader of that team. But, man, they had OGs on that team. They had David West. They had Danny Granger. They had Roy Hibbert's last good year. Lance Stevenson was the irritant. Like, they had a team. Paul uh, or George Hill was, was still – a pretty decent point guard at the time. Like, we're not going to act like Paul George just took some no name pacer team to the final. I mean, to the uh west or eastern conference finals because that didn't happen, man. That team was built for that. That team wasn't even built around Paul George, it was actually built around Dan Granger until he got hurt. So, let's not act like Paul George was just some great because when that team started to fizzle out and some of those guys left or went to different teams. Paul George was nobody. So let, let's let really keep it a buck, man.
0: And then also let's keep it a buck also when we say this, too. Paul George had the, the one the one great season where he was an MVP candidate. That ain't happening without Russ. So I'm going to just say that right now. And, again, they fell short in playoffs again. But, again, without Russ, he's not putting that situation to where he is an MVP. So we've seen now he gets to the Clippers. Okay, you now, again, the one-two punch. You 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 talk a good game as always, and once again you look funny in the light. So all the talk that he continues to do, and then even in the future episode of All the Smoke, which I can't wait for it to come out, we get to see him talk more and cap more, and he's just making himself look bad, man. At this point, he's he's
1: doing damage to himself, which is fine by me. Yeah, I, I thought that can't. I've been searching for that. That's funny you said that. I've really been wanting to watch it.
0: Oh I mean, man, you, it ain't you and me yet? both, brother.
1: Man, but let's talk about these uh the Lakers training camp, man. It's a lot of news out of there. I want to start with this. I don't see why, and this is why I don't watch these little um what do you want to call it? these analyzing shows. I don't see why this Dennis Schroeder being a starter is even a topic. And I'm 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 gonna say why. We started off the year last year saying that The Lakers needed a scoring point guard or a playmaking point guard, not just a guy that passes the ball. And that's why we started guards instead of point guards. We started Danny Green and uh, KCP because we didn't have a real point guard. So now that we get a real point guard, a scoring point guard, (laughs) a playmaking point guard, now it's why should he be a starter? Isn't that going to fuck us up? I don't really – know. like, I don't get the narrative. This shit is crazy to me. It makes no sense. We were begging for Derrick Rose, and I'm talking about analysts and fans. They kept saying, oh, we need to go get Derrick Rose. I was. So if we, we would have got Derrick Rose, we going to put him on the bench too? Like, does this make any – it doesn't make sense to me, bro. Talk to me about this because I don't get it. Like, what what is the t- conversation even about?
0: I think people got to also realize, too, we brought De- Dennis Schroeder here. We got to realize he got one year left on that contract we better make this man happy as possible if we want to retain him for the future going forward. And I think he's going to be a nice complimentary piece going forward. And, and like you said, man, we've been wanting this start for him. Well, not just him in particular, but we've been needing a starting point guard for years now, even before LeBron got here, we've, we've been talking about, we haven't had this scoring, a scoring point guard, playing, playmaking point guard in forever now. And now y'all want to just stick him on the bench because that's where he came from. No, that makes no sense at all. If you to me, already I start looking into to Schroeder starting instead of coming off the bench. You have so many more endless rotations and lineups you can put together with Schroeder in your starting lineup than coming off the bench. We got to realize too, what roles are Caruso and THT gonna play if if Schroeder is coming off the bench. That makes zero sense at all. You start him. Next to LeBron, next to KCP, and, and you let that work. We've seen we've seen LeBron now lead the league in assists. Okay, we know he can do it now. LeBron is going into his 18th year. We want to preserve everything that he has left. You start Schroeder, you let him take the reins, and you let him start building that that chemistry between him and 80. That's what I'm looking forward to see, man. I'm tired of everybody talking about, oh well, he came off the bench. Let's put him on the bench. This man was a starter before he came, before he even got to OKC. Okay, he had to play the six-man role because of the the situation that it was. Chris Paul wasn't coming off the mid, no bench. Shea is a is a is a growing is growing in the NBA. You knew he was gonna start. And now that's his franchise over there. So again, it made zero sense for him to start in OKC. It makes zero sense for him to start over here. I mean, for him to come off the bench with the
1: Lakers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just—I've—I've I've been trying to like really understand people's logic in saying, "Well, he might create problems. Why is he going to start like that?" It doesn't make sense to me because they've been begging for this. How do you beg for something and then question it when you get it? Like, it just shows how ungrateful basketball fans are sometimes, and how they try to spin anything into a story or a conversation. Like, this isn't a conversation. He's starting. He's going to do well starting and we'll be okay. Like, our bench is good enough for him not to come off the bench. Like you said, KCP is going to start. So, you have Wesley off the bench. You have Caruso. You have possibly Kuzma. You have Marcus Saw and you have Trez. That's a good starting five. And even if you, you know, take out one and put in THT, he's already showed he's, he can be good. And Frank Vogel has high praise for THT. And I wanted to talk about that too. This training hey, camp is looking good, man. Like, I'm really excited. How do you feel about this high praise for THT?
0: Hey, man, I told you, I said on the last pod before, but I think THT ready to blow, man. We seen we seen a little bit we can do in that bubble. Uh, I was watching a few of his, his training videos, little workout sessions, his shooting form. He's, he's definitely trying to correct it to a T. I like what he brings to the table, man. He's about 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, long arms, got a crazy handle, We've seen him put in work in the gym and can play defense. And, again, I think that's the reason why we didn't see the Lakers really bring in a a guard who can come in and 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 contribute. Yeah, we signed Quinn Cook, but whatever. That's just AD homie at this point. So we knew he's just on the team to be back on the team. I think THT, with with the minutes that he's given, he's going to take them and run with him. So I definitely feel that those who aren't if, – if someone t- has an injury or just not – playing performing well or let's say hey we want to give braun some some management he got some he got some days off I think THT is gonna take full full what's the word I'm looking for right now. I'm just excited for THT um I I, I, I just can't wait. I want I love this Laker roster overall. I mean, I haven't been this excited for a Lakers roster in since we were kids probably since 2010. Like we got Braun, we got AD Schroeder. We got Trez, Wes, KCP back, Marcus Saul, THT, Caruso, Coos chilling. Like the like I said, the the endless lineups and rotations, it, it don't matter if AD or O'Bron want to take off. We're still gonna be competitive night in and night out. And that's the fun part.
1: That's what I was about to say. I I haven't had a team this deep in forever. Even in on the championship years, if we're being honest, those teams wasn't deep. It was just top heavy carried by, no, the, they weren't. by the top guys. So we've never really seen a deep Lakers team. So to see this and be okay when we hear, okay, LeBron is sitting out today or AD has a quad injury, something like that. It's like, it's not like a gas of air. Like we'll be okay. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll be able to see guys fill in that role and we'll see guys at least be able to step up and show us, okay, if this guy goes down, I got y'all. So it's interesting to see. And then, I mean, I'm hearing the noise, but can we stop this? Marcus Saul is a fossil and he looks so slow, blah, blah, blah. Like, are y'all forgetting Marcus Saul was fat back then, even when he was good? He was fat. He's never been this speedy guy that people want him to be or this, um, you know, light on his feet type of guy. Like, Marcus Saul's been Marcus Saul. Even on the Raptors, he looked like Marcus Saul. The only difference was he was on the three point line a little too much. But that's okay. Like, we have Trez to run the floor. We have AD to run the floor. Like, Marcus Gasol doesn't need to play 30 minutes on this team. If he plays a legit 18 to 20, we good. Did we need Dwight for 40 minutes, 30 minutes? No. Dwight played spurts of five to 10 minutes, and he did great. You're telling me Gasol can't do that? And I'm not comparing the two. I get it. Dwight is an easy lob, but Marcus Gasol is a smarter basketball player. And when you put basketball minds together, just like Rondo and LeBron, they swore that would not work. It's basketball. If you are able to strategize well enough, you're going to be great. And you have one of the greatest players to ever play the game. So to surround him by actual talent, man, the 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 uh, the sky's the limit for this team, man. I, I'm really interested to see it. And I'm not gonna overhype it, but man, it's not like we aren't champions. So these guys already been in the trenches. We have new guys, but one of the new guys, Marcus Saul, is a champion. Wesley Matthews has been close to a championship, so he understands what it takes. And now you surround them with, you know, uh, the rest of the team that are champions. You can't tell me this team isn't either repeating or at least making it back to the finals, man.
0: The Lakers brought in players who know what it takes to to sacrifice and are willing to sacrifice their games in order to win. And like you, and like we said. I don't, maybe I haven't been watching basketball long enough, but I've never seen Gasol be this athletic type of player where, where people have have referred to his athleticism as one of his go-tos for his game. That's never been Gasol. We've always seen him play at the high post, three-point line extended as his career has further gone on, but there's nothing that Marcusall, that they're going to ask Marcus Hall to do that he can't, that he's not capable of. They're not going to ask him to go catch lobs and be that big to go roll to the basket. That's what Trez is there for. He's there to create baskets, play smart defense, make great passes, and make the game easier on everybody on the floor. And people got to that's another facilitator on the floor, also that helps Braun or Schroeder in that case. So to for us to have a passing big also, that brings another dynamic to the game. And overall, this is goes back to people just not watching the game and breaking it down and just seeing it from a shallow part of whatever they're, they're, they're visualizing because Marcus Gasol brings a lot to the table, with more than what JaVel and Dwight has brought in overall. Now, that just goes to show how LeBron has just made, ev- made everybody better around him. But at the same time, we're still going to see Gasol have his fingerprints on this team to where it's going to be effective
1: in a positive winning way. Yeah, and also did you notice they kind of just kept a spot open? Are they gonna wait for buyouts? Like what what are we gonna do with that last spot, man?
0: Man, it's funny, man. I I was I was talking to my barber yesterday, man. Shout out to my barber, got me right. He was like, Yo, should we bring in a Kyle Corver? And I thought that was interesting, but I definitely feel the Lakers are gonna keep that that roster spot open. And then overall I think just the NBA I feel that with covid and everything going on they may extend the roster spots a little I was bit I thought about maybe, bring that up yeah I, I think they're going to extend that from 15 to maybe about 17 18 so that can always be interesting as well but I think the Lakers keeping that that spot open it may be meant for a shooter it could be meant for if somebody goes down we can just fill that just fill that roster spot roll. so I like I like how it's open right now. Let's keep people guessing. Hey, it keeps me on my toes also
1: as well. So hey, we get to see. Yeah, that that's uh, a big piece that people aren't really paying attention to because like you said, last year Boogie went down. We obviously were able to replace him because of injury, but in the buyout market, we had to, you know, we had to kind of just wait and then release Boogie, but if we expand rosters, which it looks like they're going to do, so if people don't know, they might be able to dress more than, um, what is it, 12 this year. They, they might expand it to um, 13 or 14. So with that being said, they're going to allow, you know, more players on a roster. So I don't know. If they don't allow more players on a roster, having that 14 spot is smart because it's, like we said, the buyout market around February – it's always players we don't really expect or we don't really see coming, especially because a team might not be as good as they were supposed to, and then they just randomly get bought out or a guy doesn't just – a veteran doesn't work out in a situation, he gets bought out. Like, I like having an open roster spot, but I also like having a full roster. It's weird. Like, I I don't know. I kind of just – I want us to sign um, Isaiah Thomas or Deion Wade and just call it a day. But I'm also cool with uh, Dwayne Dedman or just leaving it open. It It's weird. I I The Kyle Corver, I've been hearing that too. But that's – having him and Jared Dudley is like, ah.
0: Right, so that's I, what I'm saying. We I we already know. got that OG vet. So, I feel like if we can get someone who's more suitable to
1: that, that's ready to yeah, play. Yeah, I have Jamal Crawford. Like, I don't know.
0: Man, why ain't Jamal Crawford on our roster? Man, I don't make no damn sense. But same shit as last
1: year. We we know how this goes, man. I was looking at it, and shit, the free agency pool it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of guys signed within the first ten to fifteen games because we're gonna see COVID, we're gonna see injuries. the The market is is still nice. Like Emmanuel Mudiay is still a free agent, which is crazy. He's only twenty two, nice. man. Like. I don't know, man. Maybe we see um, trades happen where certain guys get released, and then that's how they create a spot for a guy. I don't know, but the free free agency pool is better than it's been in a very long time because there's endless ways you can go about it. There's still a couple 3 and D guys out there. And also, I mean, this isn't related to anything, but this Trevor Ariza thing is starting to shape out, too. Like, is he going to get released? I don't, I don't know, man.
0: He better. And, and Detroit, no, they're not about they're not no win-now situation at all. So free Trevor, man. Let that man go get a ring. Let him go be suitable to somebody else. But but like you said, the, the free agent pool that's still out there and the players that are choose from, it, it's still pretty deep. And like you said, within that first month, we're going to see players either – have nagging injuries hopefully we knock or wood we see no no lengthy season ending injuries or anything crazy but with the short turnaround it's almost inevitable that we're going to see a few injuries also with and then with Kobe going on too you're going to have players that has to be quarantined sitting out and like you said players like Emmanuel Mudiay, I'm surprised to see them sitting on the market I thought the Clippers would have signed somebody like him to help their point guard woes but hey Guess they believe in Patrick Beverly all the way. So hey, that's gonna be fun as hell. No Reggie but, Jackson. They said he has an expanded role this time.
1: Oh yeah, I forgot so about it's... Reggie
0: Jackson. Whatever. I'm sure he will be shooting about thirty one percent from the three. So that'll be fun to see. Also, but again, man, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of players that are still out there who's going to be very valuable to teams. Like I want to see if who the Warriors are still going to bring in to help that Klay Thompson situation. Because again, yes, they brought in Kelly Oubre who I think is going to be, again, a hell of a player. I think he, he's going to put his stamp on that team, but it's going to take more than one player to replace what Clay has brought into that team. So, again, it's it's always going to be an interesting Interesting going forward, man. The NBA is the best soap opera out there.
1: Yeah, it it is going to be interesting, and I really just want to see how this COVID situation works out now that they're going to be traveling and stuff. I really believe – that there's going to be a bubble by playoffs. And I already know they're they're working on it and they've talked about it, but there's for sure going to be a bubble for playoffs because you can't have guys quarantined for 10 days. Once the playoff comes around, because that just, you know, ruins ratings. It just, it it just, it's endless, you know, arguments about that. So I know for a fact, I'm not, I'm not going to say for a fact, I'm not in the NBA, but I know in my heart that there's going to be a bubble sometime this year. I hope it, I hope we don't get a shutdown because I can see that too with an outbreak. Because if you you know you you follow sports, the NFL kind of had like you know crazy outbreaks with certain teams, and then a guy passed away, um, their strength coach on the Cowboys, yeah, the Cowboys from, yeah, from COVID, and then right now, about ten fifteen minutes ago, a scout for the Dodgers passed away with COVID issues. So. This shit is really real, man. I don't, I don't know if we get a full season of traveling, but there there's gonna be a bubble, man.
0: Yeah, even just speaking on the different people's COVID situation, Carlton Towns he came out and said he knew about six people, family members and and friends that passed away from COVID. So, like you said, I think it I think it'll be right for them to to have a bubble for playoff time, and it's a reason why we haven't seen a full schedule release also because they want to keep days open, I'm sure, and of if they have to reschedule games or if they have to push some back. And I think I think the NBA overall, as far as their teams, are going to do a good job of, of keeping themselves pretty much at, at hand as far as what they can control as far as catching COVID. Um, we already seen the commissioner come out. Adam Silver already said that, you know, teams are gonna be penalized with fines. You also brought up of how you know teams could lose draft picks. So, and that's what he's also said as well. So again, I think teams are gonna be in their on their Ps and Q's when they're in their facilities, when they're traveling. It comes down to what are these players doing outside of their facilities, outside of practice. And everybody's all Instagram happy and likes to capture everything on their phone. So these players gotta watch out. If you know you're doing doing wrong, man, hey. You you better watch out for yourself because they will they will put you on the internet on these social medias. So I hope you don't think you can get away with it.
1: Yeah, we, I know I know we're gonna have a lot of those stories too, man. It, it's just inevitable, man. Some of these guys are young, some of these guys kind of don't care. Like it's gonna be wild, man. It. Yeah. I really don't want to say that we need a bubble because I get it. Guys were away from their families and you know that selfish is up. I mean, that's selfish of us as fans to to say that, but if we're really being honest, man, it comes down to your health and you can't put your life in someone else's hands when you know they're fucking at a strip club or a bar or something, man. So I really do think there's going to be a bubble. I just hope we don't have a stoppage of the NBA. And I was thinking about this, just to switch gears a little bit. You talked about the schedule. Why is Atlanta not playing on MLK Day and they're in the home of MLK? Wait, they're not? I could have sworn I saw them on there. Nah. I I seen a tweet and then I went to go look at the the schedule and I was like, wait, they're not here. I I thought they were too because when we first talked about it, we said like, yeah, Atlanta's for sure going to get a game. And they even have the jerseys. And when I looked again – I mean, maybe they might make a change, or maybe there's some type of typo, but they're not there, bro. And that was weird to me; like, that made no sense.
0: NBA dropped the ball on that for sure. I see, yeah, because I see Memphis had a game, but I, I maybe I just automatically assume that okay, we'll get we'll get that Atlanta game on MLK Day with the jerseys. It only makes sense.
1: But if that's true, man, come on, NBA, y'all dropped the ball. Yeah, I. Uh, that didn't make sense to me. I I was confused. I was really looking at it like, okay, maybe I'm tripping, or maybe somebody's gonna come out and say like, the full rock or the full um, schedule isn't out. But that was weird, especially having the jerseys. I don't, I don't know, man.
0: All right, so so I am looking at the schedule, and it says right here that the the Hawks are scheduled to play. They're scheduled to play the Timberwolves on on MLK Day. Oh, okay. So yeah, we we so do they get are that. playing. Who okay? Whew, okay. I, I was I me, I was gonna have to have a conversation about to Adam Silver NBA via Twitter. Be like, hey man, what what's going on?
1: I was about to say that he was gonna call the NBA fake woke again because they do be doing some fake woke things, and that would have been a crazy when you don't make a jersey of MLK and then not play on especially, his birth, on his day.
0: Especially doing everything that they have with the whole social justice and, and the Black Lives Matter that that would have been a slap in the face
1: for, for real yeah and i just thought about it i seen your tweet and i didn't even know it until i seen your tweet but shout out adam silver man if people don't know every nba team is getting 30 million you know to accommodate losing fans in certain televised games so salute to him for that man
0: adam silver is giving out stimulus checks man do better america
1: <laughs> yeah man that was that was dope That. That tweet was really funny. Like he's giving out stimulus checks, so that's a fact, man. Like thirty million. I mean, I and know it's that's not, small, and it's things,
0: not like these man. NBA teams; these owners are hurting for that thirty million. They don't need yeah. that thirty
1: million. Thirty ends. Like, think about that. We getting <laughs> we getting one thousand dollar or twelve hundred check, and they getting thirty plus. Like, what? Oh, hey, man. <laughs> rich gets richer man i mean hey what what else is there to say <laughs> yeah man and that's that's what's about to happen in the nba with james harden wherever he yeah. goes rich get richer and i hope it's not i really hope it's not brooklyn i'm not gonna lie to you man the more i look at it already having Kyrie and katie being these crybabies Oh let's, man, let's get I'm on Kyrie, he, man. We we let's, are here, man. Let's let's let's, let's get on Kyrie. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna let you go.
0: I, man, little kid Kyrie, the way he's acting with these antics, man, I really don't get him. Only because he sits here, he talks about he he doesn't want the media to talk about him. He he's blacking out from the media. Yo, ain't nobody had their name in your mouth, man. You are the one who was coming out these last, I want to say, what, three three months or so, and, and you putting yourself on wax and making yourself look stupid. And I say that because you can't come on Katie's podcast, say what you said, and then when people have a reaction to it, you want to get mad and shut down and blame everybody else for your actions instead of taking accountability. Now you want to start the season by saying, oh, I'm not talking to any media. So guess what that leaves? That leaves for your teammates and not just your teammates, mainly Kevin Durant to speak for you and ask for you. You think KD want to deal with that shit all year? And he already hate the media with them asking about himself, about his his self. So why he want to answer questions about you? And that leaves for Steve Nash to answer questions about you? Nah, that man is going to go into an early sabbatical if he got to deal with this shit all year. All right, so Kyrie and his whole antics of of I'm not speaking to the media because the media doesn't get me or or whatever. That that has to be dead right now. And then for the fact, I seen him come out. I seen that little video of him rapping now. Yo, who who's rapping? Oh, Kyrie. Come on, stop playing. You know, I will I will send you the, the the link after this. I will tag you in it on Twitter, man. At first I didn't believe it. I, I I'm in a group text. So I seen it. I was just like, who is this? And then somebody was just like. They, they compared Kyrie to uh, Big Sean. They said, yeah, this shit is just ass, 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 ass. And I was just like, oh, man, it can't oh, be that crap, bad. It, it's, it's that bad. And then some. I
1: and then, of course,
0: he got Kobe's name in his mouth in the rap. So, uh.
1: Oh, man, he's a rap, man. Listen, I, I don't get Kyrie, man. One moment he wants to show off that he's, you know, this great humanitarian Which salute to you for everything you do in your community and what you've been doing outside of basketball. But then you come back to basketball when it's time and you show like you're a shit person. Like he acts like he's the first guy to ever have to deal with media. And that's what kills me. Like all these guys before you who are bigger assholes who are probably meaner guys than you, have dealt with media, and been able to deal with media. I get it. It's a new age, so everybody wants to start a revolution. Oh, we don't have to talk to media. We don't have to uh, listen to their storylines. We can create their own way. Like, come on, man. If, if it was that serious, players would have been done that. Like, there's so many outspoken NBA guys that we can name that still talk to media. You think Dennis Rodman wanted to talk to media? Fuck out of here. And he was way, he was way more of a superstar than him. And I'm not talking about, like, franchise-wise. I'm talking about worldwide. Dennis Rodney was a goddamn superstar that was always misquoted, always um, looked, out, looked at badly, and he still spoke to media and was able to, you know, get out what he needed to say and move on. It's not that deep. You're, you're part of the game. You get paid millions. You, you have to understand that guys are going to write reviews about you or are going to say certain things or misquote you. That's part of the game. That's like a rapper getting mad at Apple Music's reviews. Like, you put your songs on Apple Music, you gotta re- you gotta expect, you know, stars and reviews. Like, it's part of the game, bro. If you don't want to be part of that game, like you said, leave. <laughs> like, who cares, man? Kyrie acts like he is God sent, and we've never seen somebody like him. He has cool handles, but what does that get him? Nothing, man. Like, fuck out of here. And then, I wasn't really mad at the clutch statement because you know it is what it is it's opinionated people can say LeBron's clutch people can say he isn't I'm not here to debate that right now but what I'm mad at is how he goes out of his way to try to you know spin the narrative that LeBron carried him and he swears that LeBron didn't let's be real man you played a good role maybe you can act like Without LeBron, you would have been something because you're always getting blown out by fucking fifty-five, from what I can remember. So when LeBron came there, that whole culture changed. You think you would have changed the culture? No, fuck out of here, man.
0: Yeah, just Kyrie's funny as hell, dog. I I I couldn't deal with it. as a teammate in that locker room. I it's gonna it's it's gonna sound like a lot of it's gonna be a lot of frustrations and emotions in that in that locker room. Just from anything dealing with him, so everybody gonna be walking around on eggshells. Hey, maybe Den and cares so Might want to get traded after this by 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 month two. Who knows? But because this 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 shit is just crazy, man. Like I wish Kyrie kind of, would just and and I hate I gotta say this. Just shut up and dribble at this point. Just just go hoop. Like again, like you said, I'm I'm glad that everything he's done in this in this community in New Jersey. And how he's helped out the, the, the WNBA also as well. Ever, all, his, all his humanity work, um, I totally salute and I'm here for. This is just strictly hoop. Shut the fuck up and go play basketball. All right? You are too damn good for to, to continue to just complain for no reason at all. If if you feel that type of way against, against LeBron, go prove it. And go prove it by not teaming up with KD. How about that? Go go lead a team to the playoffs yourself. Go make a deep run. Go do that. He couldn't show. do that.
1: He couldn't. He he, he can't even admit that he couldn't. He couldn't do it. He had two times already. He had the Celtics and he had the yep. Nets. But of course, he's going to blame injury. But even with the Nets, he wasn't winning like that. When he wasn't injured, he wasn't out here just winning. Like it was, it was a debatable game with him every time. Like I don't, I don't understand him, man. Like you said, go win, but he's not going to do that. He's going to somehow spin the narrative. He's going to say everybody's hating on him. He's going to say everybody's one with somebody. Like, we know. It's like every time Kyrie speaks, we already know what's coming. Like, bro, let it go. If the media is so bad, cool. Have the blackout without announcing it. You get what I'm saying? Like, when you announce your moves, nobody's going to respect it. Show us. Instead of telling us, show us.
0: Exactly. That's That's it. That's all I want. That's all I want you to do is just, just show me. Don't tell me at this point. Like all, all the talk is done with. And, and again, this maybe this is just me having an old school mentality as far as just the players out there. There's these. This is he's not the first player who's going to be criticized for his game or what he does on the floor. So I don't see what's the big deal about it now. He's been going through this up until now. So I don't see why all of a sudden it's a big problem. Like, at Duke, you think they didn't write about you only playing 10, 11 games? In Cleveland, you didn't see the bad reviews of how y'all suck. So, again, you got to take the good with the bad, man. You can't just decide, oh, I'll take this, but I don't want to hear that, or you guys are saying this about me, so I'm not talking to you. Cool. Guess what? Don't talk to us. All right? Just just
1: let your game do the playing. We'll just go about our business that way. Man, and then, like you said, I I don't know how this is going to work with KD being just as sensitive. And then we're let's not forget he also called out these young guys and said that some of them are going to get traded. And you expect these guys to go to war with you? Like, we're not good enough for you, but then you want us to go to war? Fuck out of here, man. Like, you can't treat your soldiers like that? This, this guy is crazy, bro. Man, I'm
0: glad you brought that up because when shit did hit the fan last year in Brooklyn, what did he say? Yeah, we need more help. He didn't say anything about getting these guys better or we got to get on the same page, build our team chemistry. He said, yeah, you know, me, KD, such and such, (laughs) this and that. Yeah, we need more help.
1: (laughs) What? And they didn't even even have a good offseason, bro. Like, let's be real. Like, Jeff Green, I I love Jeff Green. Jeff Green's going to be a big piece for them. But other than that, they didn't make no real moves. And you did all that talking. So now you look even stupider, honestly, because Brooklyn didn't make a big move. They didn't go get the help you claimed you needed. So now what? Like I, I don't get it. What what at the trade deadline we're gonna see big moves made? Hey, that shit is dumb, bro. And Kyrie, with
0: with Landry Shannon, I'm I'm really trying to see how does he fit on the floor with them? Like where where
1: do you play him? What what is he like how does he fit into this team? He better not he better not get too many minutes because bro, Karis Levert and Spencer Dinwiddie are way better than him. So if you you sacrifi minutes for him, that's gonna be a dumb decision. I don't think Steve Nash is dumb, and I don't think Dan Tony's dumb
0: that's that's all man i that's that's just me. I'm just saying man, and again i I don't think you're you' you're not far off at all they ain't, they ain't that stupid to be putting Landry Shemet out there over over Lavert Denwitty, and what they got going forward so. Man, this is going to be interesting to see what, what happens over there in Brooklyn. It's going to be a lot of complaining, a lot of frustrations being shown, a lot of emotions on display. So let's get our popcorn ready, man. This is going to be an interesting, an interesting one, to say the least.
1: Man. I promise by the next episode we're going to have another big storyline to cover. And it's probably going to be James Harden traded or James Harden demands out and he's going to sit out something crazy. But, you know, that's why we're here, man. We always salute y'all for listening because, you know, it's a lot to always talk about and it's endless conversations. It's basketball, man. It's opinionated. So salute to y'all for always listening and, you know, chiming in and giving us feedback and, you know, giving us topics or even, you know, sparking our brains for new content, man. We, we really appreciate that for real. Yes,
0: sir, man. And and just to piggyback on what Luke Fol said, man, we thank you guys. We appreciate all the listeners. You know, continue to spread the word on what's going out there, man. Continue to rate, subscribe, let us know, man. Come talk shit with us. Come kick it with us. Hey, man, it's all good. It's all love, man. We we are here. We want to salute, protect, support all black women. And we also want to continue to push and lead the youth in the right direction, man. And again, just remember, if you can't, you can't talk with everybody, but you can come fuck with us, man. We always here for it. And like, and like Lou said, man, with, with James, with everything going down to James Harden saga, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear that he's traded off the Philly for Ben Simmons or he, he's traded off somewhere or hell. He might not show up to practice in the next couple of days. He might just be down <laughs> at, at V live in, in Texas or something in Dallas or Houston. So. We we'll definitely see how, how this saga works out, man. And you know what? This time he might have John Wall with him.
1: I hope not. John Wall got a big contract he got to abide by.
0: He do, which means he still got he still got some con- contributions to, to give to with James Harden, also as well. So that ain't stopping him either.
1: <laughs> That's a fact, man. Salute to y'all, man. We love it.
0: Yes, sir. We out. Peace. Click the subscribe button and make sure to follow us on our Instagram page at BallNeverLiePod and our Twitter page, BNL underscore podcast.